Hello and welcome to the Minimum Competence episode for Monday, July 31st, 2023. I'm your host for today, Andrew Leahy, a tax and technology attorney from New Jersey. In today's episode, we have Coco Mellon wins a copyright suit. The DNC has no favorites among big law firms yet. Prosecutors want SBF jailed and Trump's suit against CNN is dismissed. Let's finish out July with some real humdingers and read today's legal news. On this day in legal history, July 31st, 1919, the Constitution of the German Reich was signed in Weimar, Germany. The Constitution of the German Reich, commonly referred to as the Weimar Constitution, was the governing document for Germany during the Weimar Republic era from 1919 to 1933. It was drafted following the end of World War I by the lawyer and liberal politician Hugo Proust, who played a crucial role in the shaping of the new democratic federal republic. The Constitution was deliberated and framed by the German National Assembly, which gathered in the town of Weimar, Thuringia, after the federal elections held on January 19, 1919. However, the process was not without its disagreements among delegates on issues such as the national flag, religious education for youth, and the rights of the states, or Landar, within the Reich. These disagreements were eventually resolved by August 1919, but 65 delegates abstained from voting to adopt the Constitution. The Weimar Constitution declared Germany to be a democratic parliamentary republic, introducing universal suffrage with a minimum voting age of 20 and employing proportional representation in the election of the legislature. Despite remaining technically in effect from 1933 to 1945 during the Nazi era, it was practically repealed by the Enabling Act of 1933, leading to its provisions and protections going unenforced throughout Nazi rule. The Constitution's title echoed that of the Constitution of the German Empire that preceded it, and the official name for the German state remained Deutsches Reich until the adoption of the 1949 Basic Law. The first president of the Republic, Friedrich Ebert, formally signed the Parliament-approved Weimar Constitution into law on August 11, 1919 in Schwarzburg, where he was on holiday, despite the Parliament working out the Constitution in Weimar. Subsequent federal elections were conducted in line with the Weimar Constitution, including those held on June 6, 1920. Coco Mellon, a popular kids' YouTube channel owned by Moonberg Entertainment Limited, won a significant copyright lawsuit against Chinese competitor Baby Bus Co. Limited for copying its videos, receiving $23.4 million from the jury. Moonbug accused Baby Bus of creating Super JoJo songs that were in some cases nearly identical to Coco Mellon songs, leading to a lawsuit in the U.S. District for the Northern District of California. Baby Bus admitted to infringing seven Coco Mellon works before the trial, but contested the alleged infringement of 35 other works. The jury determined that Baby Bus willfully infringed dozens of Moonbug's copyrights, and the award included $17.6 million in actual damages and profits, plus $5.8 million in statutory damages. UK-based Moonbug, which also owns other YouTube's kids' programs, acquired Coco Melon in 2020. It was subsequently purchased by two former Disney executives for $3 billion. Baby Bus began its Super JoJo channel in 2019 and was sued by Moonbug and Coco Melon creator Treasure Studio Inc. in August 2021, months before a significant acquisition. Moonbug's complaint accused Super Jojo of blatantly copying Coco Melon's elements, including characters, settings, and animations, and pointed out examples of identical or nearly identical content. Baby Bus countered that many of these elements were unoriginal or inherent in the genre. Heiz Law Group and Horvitz and Levy LLP represented Moonbug, while Quinn Emanuel represented Baby Bus in the case. And attempting to pronounce all those names has made me thoroughly regret including this story. The Democratic National Committee, or DNC, is redistributing legal work to various law firms after parting ways with Mark Elias, a well-known elections lawyer who had been a lead advisor to the Democratic committees for more than a decade. The firms receiving work include Vilmer Hale and Covington and Burling, both of which have large practices in Washington, and Perkins Coy, which continues to provide legal services for the DNC despite reducing much of its consulting for Democrats. The separation from Elias represents a shift in the DNC's legal approach leading up to the 2024 election, though the reasons for the split remain undisclosed. 
No law firm has clearly assumed the role of the DNC's primary outside firm, and the committee now works with multiple firms on various legal matters. The DNC has also appointed in-house counsel Andrea Levine, who previously worked with Elias. During the 2020 elections, Perkins Coy earned $11.2 million from the DNC, almost 65% of the DNC's expenditures for legal services. FEC records also reveal that the DNC is working with several other law firms, including Denton's and Boston-based Hemingway and Barnes in this election cycle. Sam Bankman-Fried, the indicted founder of the FTX cryptocurrency exchange, is facing calls by prosecutors to be jailed pending his October fraud trial. Prosecutors argue that he has attempted to intimidate witnesses and influence their testimony, specifically pointing to an incident where Bankman-Fried shared excerpts from his former romantic partner's personal documents with a New York Times reporter. He has been under house arrest in Palo Alto, California, since his December 2022 extradition from the Bahamas, with bail including a $250 million bond. Bankman-Fried, who has pleaded not guilty, is accused of stealing billions of dollars in FTX customer funds to cover losses at his hedge fund, Alameda Research. His former partner, Caroline Ellison, has pleaded guilty to fraud charges and is expected to testify against him, as are two other former FTX executives. The defense has until August 1st to respond to the government's letter seeking his detention. The court has also barred Bankman-Fried from discussing the case publicly. A federal judge has dismissed former U.S. President Donald Trump's $475 million defamation lawsuit against CNN. Trump's lawsuit, filed in October of 2022, claimed that CNN's characterization of his election fraud allegations as the big lie linked him with Adolf Hitler. U.S. Judge Rog Singhal, who was nominated by Trump in 2019, ruled on Friday night that CNN's words were an opinion and not a factual statement, and therefore could not be the subject of a defamation claim. Singhal stated that, quote, CNN's statements, while repugnant, were not, as a matter of law, defamatory. The lawsuit cited five instances where CNN referred to Trump's assertions about the 2020 election as his big lie, a phrase associated with Nazi propaganda. Trump's spokesperson responded to the ruling but did not indicate whether there would be an appeal. The dismissal comes as Trump remains a frontrunner for the 2024 Republican presidential nomination, despite facing both state and federal indictments. And with that, I thank you so much for listening to Minimum Competence, your daily news podcast for lawyers. If you're looking for more than Minimum Competence, links to further reading on all the topics touched on today are in the show notes. If you have any questions or story suggestions, you can find us on Mastodon on the esq.social instance. I'm at Andrew and my co-host Gina is at Gina. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the host and do not represent those of any organization we may be affiliated with. Nothing here should be construed as legal advice because it is not legal advice. Reviews go a long way towards helping new listeners to find our show. If you have a moment and can leave a rating or review on your podcast player, we'd appreciate it. And if you know someone that might be interested in a story we cover, consider sending them the episode. Minimum Competence is available at minimumcomp.com and wherever you get your finely crafted podcasts. We'll see you back here tomorrow. And until then, remember, Garfield and Heathcliff are two totally different cats, and I forget that regularly. Heathcliff absolutely needs a new publicist. <laughs>